You're listening to Speaking of Faith with Bishop Dee Dee Duncan Proby of the Episcopal Diocese of Central New York. I'm Rachel Ravelette, or Romcom, and we're glad you're here. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast, Speaking of Faith. We're talking about basics of being faithful people what we believe, how we believe. And we're starting off with the baptismal covenant, which in the Episcopal Church and in many denominations in the Christian faith is about the foundation of our life in faith. And so today um, we'll continue in talking about the person of Jesus. If you have an Episcopal Book of Common Prayer, we happen to be on page uh, 304 in the baptismal service. If you are not Christian or if this is totally new to you, you have no idea what I'm talking about, then this podcast is for you. Welcome. We are here to just talk about faith and how our faith is. We're not here to coerce or, or talk anyone into anything. This is more about you having the opportunity and all of us together having the opportunity to think about what we believe and to speak about faith in a safe, non-threatening way. So today's podcast about this bidding, it's we talked last week about more the historical uh, believed facts about Jesus, that he was born and born of the Virgin Mary. But the bidding for this response is, do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? And so I'm going to pick up uh, today on um, that in this in this covenant that we believe he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. So what does that mean in our faith as people of God? This feels really loaded, Bishop. I think there are a lot of ideas out there about what this particular part of the Jesus story means. That's exactly right, Rachel. In fact, uh, since moments after really the crucifixion, uh, we've had lots of ideas and understandings about this person, Jesus. And we don't have time today to get into all of that has transpired and, and the centuries of um, uh, writings and belief and, and, and all. But we can talk about a few of them that are kind of the major highlights. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, how do we say that God saves us or soteriology? Perhaps soteriology Whoa. should be our word of the day. Yeah, that's a big one. Soteriology is how does God save us? Uh, what is being saved by God means? Soteriology literally is talking about the salvation of Jesus. And so there have been two sort of major understandings. One is that Jesus saves us by teaching us how to live and by being an incarnation embodiment of God. And that we are called to embody or incarnate the teachings of Jesus and the life of Jesus and the way that we live, that the teachings of Jesus are proscriptive, that we are saved by loving our neighbors ourselves. We are saved by forgiving 70 times seven. We're saved by uh, being compassionate, generous people and inviting others to be compassionate and generous people of community with us. Another way of saying that Jesus saves us or soteriology is with atonement theory. And this is probably the more uh, familiar to people because since the mid uh, 
well, I think since the mid-1800s, really, it has been the primary way people have talked about how God saves us, that the penalty for sin is death, that uh, 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 an atonement needed to be made. And so the death of Jesus and the resurrection are the payment and that we enter into that salvation by receiving or believing that our sins are paid for by the blood of Jesus. You know, Bishop, I I noticed that when you're describing those two kind of main main themes that people might take with soteriology, our word of the day, that the first way you described that impacts us now, that impacts us here. Um, Whereas the other one's kind of like in the future, it's like fire insurance. (laughs) Post-death. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Atonement is really about where will you spend eternity in hell or in heaven? It's, it's a, it, it really is focused on, uh, kind of the sweet by and by, if you will. Um, and we can say that it has to do with the present day, that if you believe in the salvation of Jesus that you've been atoned for, it's going to change how you act. But prescriptively, it really is far more about after death, what's going to happen to you? Will you are mm-hmm. you going to go to hell or not? And so mm-hmm. we've had these sayings like, you know, you need to either turn or burn or get right or get left. And this whole uh, teaching around salvation being something that happens uh, at the point of death. And, um, and I am also the question that comes to mind is in, in both of these ways of looking at salvation, what are we being saved from or for? Mm-hmm. Um and so you've you've talked a little bit with this atonement, turn turn or burn. Ooh. Uh, that doesn't sound very Episcopalian in my experience. No. But but could you talk a little about with that first way that people might take things? Um, we're saved through through learning how to live like Jesus, through incarnating this life uh, through our own life. What are we being saved from or for in that framework? And that is such a good question because, as you as you say, um, it, the incar the seeing soteriology through incarnation um, for me has far more deep, profound meaning. And the salvation is more being saved from our sinfulness in the day to day. That when I hold grudges and I'm hateful, or I'm unloving, or I'm uh, dehumanizing another person, or I'm looking for vengeance. That, that reciprocity of loving our neighbors ourself is harmed. Mm-hmm. When we love another person, we feel love. When we act with integrity, we feel that we have integrity. But when we act in hateful or harmful ways, it breaks something within us. And we can feel mm-hmm. that it's a really alive thing that, uh, you know, the term vengeance is sweet. Um, it turns out it may be sweet for a moment, but it's bitter, bitter, bitter as it goes on because it destabilizes us. It makes us feel fearful. So the salvation of Jesus or the soteriology in incarnation draws us into a way of living present day right now in this moment that draws us closer to a holy way of living that heals us and renews us and restores us. So, mm-hmm. When someone has done something that has harmed us, we forgive it. Not that we say it's right or okay or that it had some great purpose, although some people feel that way. Or but even that it doesn't, there don't need to be consequences for that bad action. That is a, forgiveness is, is, is really releasing 
ourselves and that person from mm-hmm. that situation. It is setting it down and saying, this will no longer have mm-hmm. an impact on me. I will forgive that we are all sinners. We're all saved by grace. And I, as much as depends on me, I'm going to live by the teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to seek to honor the dignity of other people. I'm going to seek to work for justice. And I'm going to live according to God's holy ordinances, that God's call. And if you look at the teachings of Jesus throughout the New Testament, and I'm uh, really speaking very specifically about Jesus's, the words attributed to his ministry, you see this uh, overarching way of being, of being in relationship with ourselves that brings healing, our relationship mm-hmm. with other people that brings healing, the relationship with the climate. And so this is where we get into, you know, climate science that as people of faith, it is very important that we're working for economic and ecological justice because mm-hmm. they are so interwoven with racism and economics. But when we act the way we're commanded by Jesus to act, that the world is better, we're better, and we're in greater connection with God. And so it's mm-hmm. a healing for the present moment, not post-death. And so those two major ways of looking at soteriology of Jesus, you can see how they have a tremendous impact on how people might then believe or process their faith. And yeah, I, I feel a love-based and a thinking about what Jesus says in the gospel of John, I come to give life to the full mm-hmm. um, instead of a fear-based. Mm-hmm. I need to be saved or something bad will happen mm-hmm. um, with, with the, with the more incarnational view. I need to be saved for wholeness, for, for healing of myself, of all mm-hmm. creation. Um, and for relationship. I mean, going yeah, back to the book yeah. of Genesis, you see in the book of Genesis, God saying, let us create, you know, humans that we may have fellowship. I mean, there's this real sense when we talked in the first uh, episode about God's ontology, God's being, we talked about God is love, God is relationship, and God is change. Those really fundamentals about God that we see all around us. The, the constant, uh, you know, changing world in which we live, the way our bodies change, the way things are in process. And then uh-huh. we see that when we love uh, even animals, you can see love in animals and your pets and your in the wild, you know, polar bears with their cubs. We've all seen that there's an affection that even in the in nature, that there is this this coming together in relationship and mutual benefit. And mm. and so. Uh, in this passage about Jesus, because, of course, we want to make sure we name when we're talking about who we're covenanting with. We're not covenanting with three gods. We're right. covenanting with a God, a monotheistic God, who has acted in different ways, who has a different relationships with us. One way is as our creator. One uh-huh. way is as our savior. And one way is our as a, the Holy Spirit is the empower, the 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 Holy Comforter, the 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 presence of God's that is with us. So, getting back to the baptismal covenant, um, when it talks about uh, you know descended to the to the dead and um, crucified, died, and was buried, he descended to the dead. That this is a person who actually died a human death and went on and 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 this is actually called the harrowing of death there you have um 
whether you look at, um, you know, an artwork uh, in certain periods or uh, you look at Dante's um, Inferno, mm -hmm. uh, this idea that Jesus died and went down to people who were dead and put and brought them out of death. Here mm -hmm. it doesn't say hell. In some other places, you'll see where it actually talks about saving people from hell. But, but nonetheless, this idea that Jesus died and was really dead, not pretending to be dead, not somewhat asleep, not sort of in a coma, but Jesus sure. literally died and then rose again and that came back to life and then ascended. And this ascension, and I know that I'm blowing past anyone out there who's a scholar, I'm blowing past a whole bunch of theology. Because we're, we're really trying. There's so many rabbit holes we could go down, Bishop. So many. We're really trying to be focused, though. I mean, this, this is, you know, these are entire classes. These are entire four-year dissertations. These are, these are some... I'm not even sure if the rabbit holes are huge holes. Well, really and I should say we're we're avoiding rabbit holes and let's sidestep that hell hole you just dropped <laughs> in there. Like we're not going we're not going there today. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bypass the big caverns. But if you want to learn more, there's a lot here to learn about and a lot here to to investigate in in, in scripture and in theology. But Jesus rises. And ascends to heaven. And why is it important that Jesus ascends? Often we get very caught up in talking about the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. And we yeah. miss ascension. We kind of go, oh, yeah, and he, he went somewhere. And the ascension is important because Jesus's journey on earth takes is taken up with God, the creator, the father. And so this full circle, this 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 bringing of all of us into the presence of God and then Jesus's ascension isn't that his resurrection, not just for a time or a specific place, but for all times that the ascension yeah. is about, it opens it up to us, to all time and that Jesus is with God. And, it, you know, that feels like a, like another healing moment, right? That there would, that there would be this, uh, at least experience of separation between between earth and heaven and Jesus heals and closes that divide mm -hmm. in ascension. And so we're back to healing for life to the fullest and life mm -hmm. to the fullest is living into those relationships and connections instead That's of right. being stuck in division. That's exactly right. And that wholeness, um, Simone Weil said that the, di the distance between Jesus on the cross and God, the creator is large enough to encompass all human sinfulness, all mm. brokenness, all lostness, all isolation. If you're feeling lonely or afraid this day, that Jesus's death was large enough to cover that and then bring all of us back to that primary relationship with the creator to heal that um, rift. I don't mean to get, you know, space time continuum, but, but, but that Jesus, you know, going back and ascending with the father, that um, there's a new level of wholeness mm. that it's no longer that God is distant and we're remote and, you know, mm -hmm. God's acting over here. And we sort of, it's like, it has brought us into a real relationship with the God That's of all right. that is. And so it's healing of that. And thanks be to God. That'll preach. I, you know, <laughs> for, for quite a few centuries, you know, uh, <laughs> in, in different ways. And, um, and then you have, you know, uh, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Yeah. Now, 
here, this is uh, another cavern we could fall into (laughs) relations or we can talk about end times throughout the teachings of Jesus. There is, and there is talk about the end times, what's going to happen at the end and that there's this, this sort of uh, judgment. Um, And at times in Christian tradition, that talk about judgment has been very um, harsh in a way. It's been that we're going to stand before God and answer Mm. for all we've done wrong. Um, And that comes right out of that atonement understanding that the sin has to be paid for. Mm. And all of us have to decide. I mean, really, this whole bidding in the baptismal covenant takes us back to Jesus and the disciples and Jesus asking, who do you say that I am? Mm, Who do you say that? How do you understand the soteriology, the salvation I'm bringing you? What does it mean to you? And some of the listeners and and watchers of this podcast may say, um, Jesus saves me because he's paid for my sins. And Mm -hmm. that that is a way that I understand. And I can I can get there that when I speak of my faith, that Uh for me is how I can talk about it with the greatest sense of personal understanding. Uh-huh. For some of our listeners and watchers, they're going to say, no, 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 I, I don't really get that. Um, but what's alive for me is that Jesus can save me now with addiction or um, with whatever um, behavior or brokenness I'm experiencing in this moment, mm-hmm. that Jesus saves me today from uh-huh. my selfishness, my division, my brokenness. And so what's alive for some people to speak about faith is I believe in the salvation of Jesus, that we are called to love our neighbor as ourself, that mm-hmm. we are called to forgiveness, that we are called to, you know, give a cup of cold water or to justice or mercy. <clears throat> so the question before us with this bidding is really, who do you say Jesus is? Hmm. And it's that Jesus that's alive for you with whom you're making this covenant. Mm-hmm. We often get uh, caught up in a false binary of thinking we need to prove or or agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, down through history at different times, orthodoxy or orthodoxy, which we talked about, <clears throat> I believe in episode one, about right thinking. There was mm-hmm. this idea that there needs to be one Christianity and one Christian belief, and everybody needs to step up to this line. But in this this baptismal covenant, there is space for all of us to come to have a relationship with Jesus in the way that we can understand today, recognizing and later in the covenant, we'll talk about this, recognizing that this may not be how we understand God forever. Uh Today, however, we're understanding God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit that for today in this moment, that's, that's the being with whom I'm covenanting the rest Uh of the covenant. There's a lot of beauty in that. <clears throat> There's in a that, lot of invitation. Yes. Yeah. That that God is that we're not confining God this this deepest, most loving force at the base of all creation to one thing. Cause that feels so exclusionary, but that God meets us as we are in ways that speak to us where we are now, that there's room to grow and change in that, that we get to, it's dynamic, right? It's not a static, like, okay, check, 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 check. I believe all these things in the baptismal covenant. So I guess I'm a Christian. It's, it's a story you're wrestling and dancing and moving with. Well, it's a relationship. And if you look at any relationship you have, 
it is dynamic. It, there are mm-hmm. times when it's the greatest thing. There are times when there's a lot of, there may be anger, or there may be division, or there may be hard things to work through. But every relationship has its its movement, if you will, its mm. dance, and those beautiful that iconography and teachings about the dance of the Trinity. That mm-hmm. our relationship with God is not static; it's not um, some sort of ideology we're signing up to that we check a box and we're never think about it again. The relationship with Jesus, however we may understand it, whether through atonement or incarnation is about fundamentally a relationship with God, Mm -hmm. a relationship with our deepest selves, our deepest understandings of what what faith faith means to us, and an invitation to grow and become more a part, have faith become more a part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think in closing, I want to use an illustration that for uh, many years has really helped me sort of picture this growth, Mm -hmm. if you will. For some people, if you think of your 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 faith as a house or a, a building, a home, however your a, a, a home would be the way I would picture it, whether no matter what it looks like. For some people, God is down the street somewhere far away, but they're interested in hearing God. But God is still distant from their day to day living. Mm-hmm. And for some people, God has gotten closer and now maybe sits out in the yard on a, a nice lawn chair. But God is still you know, a little bit outside the house, not quite at home, not quite right intimate, but just you nod at God while you're walking your dogs like oh. you kind of nearby I might go for a walk <laughs> with you with the dog. But, you know, still stays alive. <laughs> and little by little, as we grow in our faith, God starts coming inside our home and is in the living room or in the kitchen. And the longer we grow in our faith at there are moments when God becomes the whole house. When every aspect of our life, every secret closet that we don't tell people about, Mm. our brokenness, our darkness, all the aspects of being a human, that Jesus is now part of all those parts of ourselves and is bringing Mm. redemption to each dusty closet and each public space. And Mm -hmm. so the journey of faith is about this welcoming Jesus to the home of our lives. Mm -hmm. And in this covenant, as we talk about it, it might be helpful to the listeners and to all of us to think about where is Jesus in your life and who do you say Jesus is? Hmm. Jesus, a man who was wise and a good teacher was Jesus, all God and only appeared to eat was Jesus calling you to um, relationship with an understanding of atonement or with a relationship of incarnation. Who do you say Jesus is? And in this covenant, what we're covenanting with God is that with God's help, we will not only believe in Jesus, but we will continue to grow and deepen our understanding and welcome Jesus to every aspect of our lives. That mm. The healing and soteriology, the redemption and the grace Jesus brings will be intimately part of every aspect of our lives that we may be whole and one mm-hmm. with God. So at the ultimate end of this covenant and what the sort of goal is, it's that when we speak of our faith, we're speaking of our lives and how mm. we then live. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, for next time, uh, we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit. And there's plenty of, you know, rabbit holes we can go down with that. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll be talking about this, this spirit of God that, that Jesus uh, says the spirit will be with you. And this, this feeling that we have where we can feel the spirit moving between us. And, and you may have experienced the spirit at times uh, with a group where all of a sudden you can just feel a peaceful holiness sort of come in and it sort of changes the, the very air. Um, and if you haven't yet, um, that's still to come. But um, but next week we'll talk about uh, do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit, and who we say this God is and how we are covenanting with God. So thank you for being part of speak, Speaking of Faith. I am just delighted to be with you. Uh, I didn't introduce myself at the beginning, but I'll do it at the end. Um, <laughs> I am uh, Bishop Dee Dee Duncan Proby. I'm the Episcopal Bishop of Central New York, and I'm delighted that you're here, and I hope you'll come back. And send in your questions. I want yeah. to know what comments or questions you have that we can talk about together as we speak of our faith today. God bless you. God loves you. And may God keep you. See you next time. Bye, friends. Thanks for joining us. Speaking of Faith with Bishop Dee Dee is a production of the Episcopal Diocese of Central New York. Our theme music is by Fleece Mob, and it's called A Bird in Hand. We use it with permission. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast through your favorite podcasting app so that you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. If you like what you've heard here, please leave us a rating and review. If you don't like what you've heard here, we're sure you're still a wonderful person, but maybe don't leave us a review? Just kidding. We love honest feedback and questions. You can connect with us online between episodes at cnyepiscopal.org backslash podcast and on social media at CNY Episcopal. Blessings to you, friends. <laughs>